Billy Napier said it pretty much once he got hired. Hey, this is a talent acquisition business, and we are going to look to acquire talent. And man, have they been doing that. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giant Century, NFL 33. And we are about to talk about just last week, Florida added three players who I, I think are going to be at least solid contributors for this Florida Gators program in the future. But before we do that, I will tell you, if you haven't signed up for Florida Victorious yet, and you do want to sign up, you can get 20% off of your first month by using promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you can sign up that way and save 20% of your first month and support the Florida Gators recruiting efforts and NIL efforts because, well, things have been going pretty well since Florida Victorious has come into the picture, haven't it, right? Okay, but speaking of things going pretty well, Fletcher Westfall committed to the Florida Gators last week, and... Look, I know that since his commitment announcement, there's been a ton of people who were like, I knew he was coming. Like, I, like this was, I, I knew it was happening. Come on, I've been calling it in my comments, even though, well, there were no comments of you calling it. So, sure you have been. Um, but Fletcher Westfall, of course, like, I have no problem admitting. Up until he, the day before he committed to Florida is when I found out he was committing to Florida. Up until then, I was like, okay, he's Clemson. Then he comes out the day he commits, and he's like, no, it was Florida or Arkansas were my two, um, which is awesome because, I mean, the, we'd, we'd heard the entire time, hey, he's pretty quiet about his recruitment. He's pretty quiet about his recruitment. Well, proved to be the case. But it is awesome that the Florida Gators added that much-needed blue-chip caliber offensive lineman to this 2024 class because that is something that they didn't have. Prior to that, they had three – three-star offensive linemen it was three of their four lowest ranked commits were offensive linemen which again i have no problem with them i I think that they're all going to eventually become players i would just like someone with a slightly higher floor here and i think fletcher westfall gives that to you his size is obviously impressive shade under six nine three hundred and thirty five pounds huge human being huge and i understand that whenever you talk about fletcher westfall that's probably going to be the first thing that pops up in the conversation when you talk about his skill set is just his size because he is a mountain of a man. And so it's easy to just go, oh, wow. I mean, when you talk about him, you have to talk about that, right? For me, though, that's not even the thing that I like most about him. The thing that I like most about him is just that physicality. Because if, if you've ever played football before, You've had players on your team. You've probably had teammates. You might have been the person who didn't really have that that killer instinct, that killer mentality, or that that kind of toughness to go, all right, I'm going to get hit 
and I'm going to come right back, or I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to keep coming right back. Because that's the thing that we see a lot. You find out a lot about it with Oklahoma drills and everything, where it's the person who goes to the back of the line every time and, and just tries to teach it like you're in class and you don't want your hand raised, and they're just like, hmm. What's what's uh what's going on over there? And yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff where you can't really teach that. I think I feel like that's something where you gotta have that in you. Like it's one of those things where you gotta have that dog in you. And this Florida Gators coaching staff, at least on the offensive line, has been focused specifically on bringing in players who have the size and the athleticism measurables, but also that physical mindset. And Fletcher Westfall, I think, is the most physical of the offensive linemen that are committed to the Florida Gators 2024 class. I think that that approach is great. Um, And so for me, that's the biggest thing that I love about him because I feel like every time, every single play, he's like, all right, I'm killing the person across from me, and I love it. It's fantastic to see. I would still like to see the Florida Gators add another offensive lineman to this class just to have a fifth one. Maybe even one named, I don't know, Jordan Seaton from IMG would be pretty fun to add to uh, to this already pretty good class. If you don't add another one, I'm pretty comfortable with this. I understand four offensive linemen is not ideal. You'd like a fifth. But at the same time, defensive class is amazing. So if, if you take one less offensive lineman because you've been stacking up on defense, so be it. That's one of those things that you kind of just – you 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 give and you get like you know you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too right I mean I guess you could but they won't is my point um, I do hope that over time as you know this is the second uh, second season under Billy Napier Rob Sale Darnell Stapleton this is their third recruiting class coming in but it's the first one that they've really had the entire cycle to recruit these kids. So I'm hoping that as they get more comfortable here and as they kind of kind of prove and become further established, like, hey, we can develop SEC talent, which, by the way, here, no doubts about that. <laughs> no doubts about that because, well, not only can they develop SEC talent, they've taken multiple three-star players in not a long amount of time and gotten them to the NFL. I've said that, but Robert Hunt, Max Mitchell, Osiris Torrance, they get guys to the league, and they get guys to the league consistently. So I'm not concerned at all about whether or not Rob Sell and Darnell Stapleton can develop guys. But I would like to see, as as time gets on and as they get further proven, that it becomes less of a, a yearly discussion of this staff still needs to add a blue-chip player to their developmental offensive line class, and it becomes more of, well... You've got the blue chip talent already. Feel free to add some developmental pieces. Like I, I hope that as time goes on, we're not waiting until, you know, what Fletcher was the 18th commit in the class. We're not waiting till then to add a blue chip offensive lineman. Hopefully at that point, we're just like, all right, well, we're going to pluck a few guys that we think are, you know, flying under the radar, but can be developed and become fantastic options on the offensive line. Because true, like I've said, I mean, like I've said, since they got hired, this this coaching staff on the offensive line, they're fantastic developers. And I love the approach of Rob Sale, a proven offensive line developer, and Darnell Stapleton, someone who's proving himself as a developer, but has been in the NFL himself. I, I, I love that, that duo that you have. 
And I know that there are people who complain about it just in the sense of, you know, two offensive linemen, you're teaching guys different things. You're, I, I disagree with it. Um, I think this is one of those instances where you need to learn how to, how to defend and how to approach everything differently because every defensive player, they kind of dictate what's about to happen. So you're, you're a lot of reading and reacting. So I appreciate having two minds where one is an NFL player, literally, and one is a guy who's gotten multiple people to the NFL. And I think that's a big selling point for someone like Fletcher Westfall, where it's like, hey, ultimately, my, my goal is to get there. So for me, that, that's a huge selling point, as well as, of course, with Fletcher, the academics of the University of Florida. They also played a part in that for him, So, and I'm sure they will for many other people. So a huge selling point for Florida, huge addition for Florida. And honestly, like a lot of the commits we've gotten, we've kind of been like, okay, well, Florida's the leader for them. Fletcher, it never really felt like that publicly. So to get him to Gainesville, which is nothing short of incredible. And I mean, at that point, it, it, it was a shock, but a massive win at the same time. We're about to talk about Kendall Jackson because he committed on Wednesday. Fletcher was a week ago from today, but... I do have to tell you about something that I think is incredibly awesome first. That's FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, you can take your first swing at betting on the MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So you could be like me, who on Saturday night bet that Mookie Betts would hit a home run against my New York Mets. He did. But it's like one of those things where I'm like, all right, well, you know, it sucks that you hit a home run to take the lead because I'm pretty sure it was first inning home run. Um, but at the same time, I made money. So I'm cool with it. So you can bet for Mookie Betts to hit a home run. Like, I'll, I'll tell you now, I'm recording this before they play because they play the, the uh, Sunday night game. But I bet Mookie Betts to hit a home run again. So you'll know if I've made money by now because, well, I, I'm going back to the well with it. You can do that all on an app that's safe, secure, Super easy to use. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash locked on to get $200 back in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Fanduel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. The second commitment of the week last week for the Florida Gators, because yeah, you get three. And that is a glorious, glorious thing. It's a fantastic time to be a Florida Gators fan because, well, you get those extra commitments and you get multiple commitments in a week that you really didn't get that much under Dan Mullen. But now we get that. Kendall Jackson committed to Florida from Buholtz. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I got the name wrong last or if I got the pronunciation wrong last. I'm sorry. I apologize. But Kendall Jackson staying home. Teammate Gavin Hill was a Florida Gators commit for this 2023 class. Also had... Uh, Creed Whitmore committed, and of course, he ended up flipping to Mississippi State after his brother Trent also uh, hit the portal, which honestly, I don't even remember where Trent went at this point. Um, couldn't, couldn't tell you. But yeah, uh, Kendall Jackson is here. That's the important part. Kendall Jackson is not the uh, not the highest-ranked commit in the class. He's the 14th highest-ranked commit in the class, which, yeah, you could be like, oh, okay, like whatever, like 14th ranked, three-star not amazing. However, I spoke about this with Brandon Carroll on Friday last week, a Friday's episode, which I, I strongly recommend, recommend that you go listen to. Um, I think that Kendall Jackson, despite not being 
even close to the highest ranked commit in this 2024 class, I think he could wind up being one of the most valuable and impactful commits in the class. And yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, a, a nine sack a year guy. But I do think that just due to his sheer versatility along the defensive front, he's he's going to be incredibly valuable to this team. Like he's not going to be overwhelming at all. I, like he's not going to be Princely. He's not going to be Zach Carter. He's not going to be Javon Dexter. But I do think that when he's capped out weight-wise, because again, like right now he's listed as 250, I fully expect him to get up to 270, 280, and kind of just try to linger around that area, which is what, I, again, I think he should do. I think that if he gets to that range, he's going to be able to line up at any spot on the defensive line and be disruptive. Like, if he gets to like 280, I could see them doing a NASCAR-type package, which I think we talked about that with uh, Brandon on Friday. might have been the Friday before that. But we talked about NASCAR quite a bit. Uh, on Locked On Gators and NASCAR packages, of course, when you just bring in four good pass rushers that tend to be undersized, but you're just trying to cause havoc in the backfield, get speed back there and be really aggressive. I think I'd be comfortable with Kendall Jackson doing that if he gets up to that, that 280 range. And we know that at this point, Kendall Jackson is going to start out primarily as a Jack linebacker, that stand-up edge rusher in this Austin Armstrong defense. And he's going to play a little bit of the F, which is that defensive end spot. However, my gut feeling, I want to say, I'm not even gut feeling because even using my brain, like I, I think that my expectation is that eventually Kendall Jackson is going to be primarily lining up at that F defensive end spot. And he's also going to play Jack and three technique. And the three technique is that that pass rushing defensive tackle that uh, if you're looking at the actual number of the three technique, they're lined up on the outside shoulder of the guard, either guard, but outside shoulder of the guard, that's that three tech. You're thought of tech or thought of uh, more as, as that gap shooter, that, that pass rushing defensive tackle. That's what you would bring in when you have your F who's your five tech and you put him in at that three tech spot. So Kendall Jackson, I think again, I, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, the most dominant defensive lineman in the class. I don't need you to be. That's not your job. That's not your role. Your role is to come in and fill multiple spots along this defensive front. And to come in and just be someone who can help at multiple spots. Just be the utility man at this point. That's what we're looking for. I don't need you to be dominant. If you can show up and if you can be, let's like, cause I mentioned, I don't, I don't need you to be uh, Zach Carter now, cause you're, you're probably not going to be, he's, he's very, very talented, but if you can show up for me and you can be Jabari Zuniga, that's great. <laughs> like that, that's great for me. I don't need you to be dominant. I need you to just show up and be reliable. And I think that's what Kendall Jackson can be when he's capped out. Granted, he'd be a bit heavier than Jabari Zuniga because Zuniga was, I think, like 260 when he was in Gainesville. Uh, but I, I think that Kendall Jackson can be that. And that's fantastic. 
Jabari Zuniga had he made fantastic plays for this program, and I think Kendall Jackson will do that as well. Especially being at his hometown program, I feel like he's got to be just just extra motivated to do that. But there is another in-state kid that committed to the Florida Gators in Teddy Foster, who we're about to talk about. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Please do like, subscribe, comment, review, all that jazz. Um, <laughs> and join the Lockdown Gators Discord. Links in the description below. Last player to talk about today is Teddy Foster, who, by the way, the first cornerback commit in the Florida Gators 2024 class, which... Um, Weird, weird, because it happened on what, July 14th, and that's odd for the Florida Gators that July 14th have your 20th commit in the class be your first corner in the class. That's just an odd one. Apologies if you hear the thunder above me. Um, Teddy Foster is another one like Kendall Jackson. He's not great ranking-wise, and I don't care about that with Kendall Jackson because I think that he doesn't need to be the uh, five-star superstar. He just needs to be him. And I think him is good enough. And I, and I mean, like, be himself, not like be him, but just, just be himself. And that's all he's like. That's what he's supposed to do. And he and he would excel there. With Teddy Foster, I, he is a lower-ranked commit, yeah. I think he's the 17th highest-ranked commit now for the Florida Gators. I have 20. I I maybe care more if we were talking about a linebacker or a tight end. I especially though do not care about Teddy Foster being lower ranked because we're talking about th- this is the scenario that we're talking about where I where I don't care about his ranking. We're talking about Corey Raymond, the best corner coach in college football. We're talking about Corey Raymond evaluating Teddy Foster, seeing Teddy Foster in person multiple times, watching him work out in person multiple times, and thinking, this kid can play for the Florida Gators. That's why I don't give a damn about his ranking. I don't care. And we also understand part of his ranking is because he is dominating, but he's dominating at the Cardinal Mooney level, which is thought of as a lower competition, lesser competition. So there's more question marks as can you do it at an elevated level and not just an elevated level, but the SEC. But again, Corey Raymond evaluated this kid, watched him multiple times in person and said, you could play for the Florida Gators. I don't give a damn what any recruiting site says. I don't give a damn what any ranking says. If Corey Raymond says you could play corner for the Florida Gators, damn it, you could play corner for the Florida Gators. Okay, so for me, Teddy Foster, good ad. Any corner that that Corey Raymond wants is a good corner for me, or at least good enough for me where I'm not going to be like, I disagree. Even if I watch the tape and disagree, he's smarter than me. I know I'm probably the one that's wrong here, okay? So that that's especially why I don't care. Not that not that that's the situation with Teddy Foster where I watched the tape and didn't like it. Um, but when it's all said and done for Teddy Foster, I highly doubt He's going to be the highest ranked corner for this Florida Gators class in 2024, unless he takes a monumental climb, which I don't think will happen. I just don't think that would happen at Cardinal Mooney. That's my thing is even if he plays significantly better, I think they'd maybe get him to the four-star range, but not high four-star. So I, I don't think that he's going to take that monumental climb. 
I would be surprised if Florida didn't add another corner that is ranked higher than him at this point, uh, especially because you look at Zay Mincy as someone who's listed by, as a safety on a lot of sites, but Florida is looking at him as a corner, which is what he's played in high school. They think he could play it in college, so there's that as well. But I think for me with Teddy Foster, what excites me the most, because like I mentioned, like Fletcher Westfall, his physicality is, is different. Like, it's not just like, oh, he's a physical kid. Like, he he wants to destroy you. Kendall Jackson, his versatility is incredible. Like, he's a full utility defensive lineman, and that's something that's very rare to find. With Teddy Foster, for me, I think it's just his, I don't want to say potential, because I feel like that's silly to go, oh, yeah, uh, what he can become is what's exciting. But for me, it's just the possibility of him becoming a shutdown corner on the outside. Like how he adapts to Austin Armstrong's defense is going to be so crucial here because like we know for Teddy Foster, his athleticism and his length open the door for him to be a truly like very, very, very good, maybe even great SEC corner on the boundary. But if you can pick up that defensive system and wall off corners, you can be great, like truly great. Because you've got that that 6'2", 170. You're probably going to have to put on a bit of weight there. That 6'2", 170, good athlete, physical corner. You look at the modern-day trend of just NFL corners since, we'll say, 2010, and you look at what's been happening and, and who's getting drafted earlier and who's getting more playing time, who's starting earlier, who's impressing more. You look at the guys where even just, just top to bottom of the roster, you look at Richard Sherman was like one of the first guys where it's like he's incredibly tall and lanky. He's he's uh, pretty damn athletic. He can work and wall off corners and by uh, wall off receivers. And by wall off, I mean when you're playing that cover three and when you're playing quarters, a lot of times, as long as you can just make sure that you are between the receiver and the ball or the receiver and the quarterback and make sure that the receiver is sandwiched between you and the sideline, that's walling them off. You are that wall in between there, using the sideline as a friend. Richard Sherman did that better than I think anybody I've ever seen. You look at players like Sauce Gardner that can do it. You look at players like Tariq Woolen that can do it. Look at this year in the draft class, Julius Brents can do that. You look at just someone who is brought up by Corey Raymond, Greedy Williams, who, granted, has not lived up to it at the NFL, but that's more on him if, if you know anything about him. But there's, there's just constant, these long, lanky corners that are being brought up, the A.J. Terrell types, guys like that. Um, who else is it? There's, uh, there's Carlton... Davis, there's, there's just the NFL is just getting increasingly full of long, lanky corners, and it's not going to stop now. So Teddy Foster is kind of the prototype for that now. I'm not saying he's going to be in the NFL, but I'm saying that if you can really mold him here, like I've been saying with this with this coaching staff and this recruiting staff, you bring the coal, we'll make the diamonds. That's what you're doing with Teddy Foster as well if you're Corey Raymond here. So I'm excited to see what he can become. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. 
Giants Country NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.